Blog Talk Radio. here on June 13th, June 1, 3, 2018. Hey, and you know what a dog whistle is? A dog whistle, it's a whistle that only dogs can hear. I know you know that, but the term is also used to describe messages that use code words that send a, a secret signal to people who are sensitive, sensitized, excuse me, sensitized to them they they're they're clued in they're in the know right and lately i've been reading articles that say that job ads are loaded with dog whistles that appeal to men and turn off women so they say that to attract diverse talent you've got to change the words you use for instance the word manage <laughs> believe it or not turns women off the phrase we're looking for someone to manage a team is a no no they prefer the word develop as in we're looking for someone to develop a team the word lead l-e-a-d turns women off they prefer support okay the term coding ninja sends a message to women i quote that a company will be a hostile work environment for them i'm not finished the word build is bad create is good and women don't like a lot of bullet points but i don't know if it's because of the word bullet okay this makes it seem to me as if men and women are different and that relates to another issue. Some people argue that men and women are not only attracted to different words, but to different jobs. And that this goes a long way to account for the fact that some professions are dominated by people of one gender. But like, hey, what do I know? Isn't that what you're thinking too? But if so, I've got good news for you because we got a, a PhD here today, a smart guy. And he's going to answer all of our questions on Jerry Jerry's The Recruiting Animal Thanks for having okay. me. I love this show. It's the highlight of my week. Yeah! And I want to I, thank my sponsors. I did sponsors. find it kind of interesting that your monologue was all about what you've learned from a lifetime of turning women off. Okay. I, I didn't say I, I, I appreciate that. I, I, okay. I, yeah. I, 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 it was great. It was great. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we'll get uh, you know, we'll from the other side of the field, I guess you'd call that. Yeah, let me thank my sponsors, okay? They're paying me. I don't have to listen to you. Okay, mm. thank you, Jerry. I want to thank my sponsors as well. <laughs> I haven't written that. Martin Snyder, the boss at PC Recruiter, the Swiss Army knife of recruiting software, and Nin Tran, the COO of Hire Tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L, the super-duper sourcing tool, and finally, Nick Livingston, the CEO of Honit, H-O-N-E-I-T, the online interview technology. When are these people going to learn that, you know, you have to have names that you don't have to spell, okay? Just like the guest today, his Twitter name is D-R-T-C-P. Uh, who can remember that? I remember it because I've written it a hundred times now. Okay. And you know what? I've had a lot of complaints that it takes too long to get into the show, but this guy, our guest today... Tom Shamoro Premusic. I don't know if even I'm saying his name right. He's from Argentina. So we're going to sing a song. Tom, are you there? Tom. I am. Okay. You ready to sing? Does anybody else want to sing? Everybody knows that famous verse from uh, Don't Cry For Me. Anybody else? Kathy, Maureen, anybody here who wants to sing? I don't know what song you're talking about. Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. You don't know it? No. The echo's still there. Madonna? The echo's still there. No, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, Tom, are you ready? I'm going to count to no, three. She was in the movie, ready? I think, uh, Argentina. Tom, I who was that, that lady? Maybe. 
I am ready. Okay, I'll count to three and we'll go. One, two, three. Don't cry for me, Argentina. I can't hear you. The truth is I never left you. Where are you, Tom? This All is the greatest my wild day. Day. He's ready. Tommy, come on. He doesn't do anything. That was awesome. Yeah. Tom, that is fantastic. My you know, sometimes. He's in the lead right now of this show. He's winning. I kept my promise. Don't keep your distance. You should, don't, don't, you, you, you're, you, that's not a good sign. Okay, I'll introduce the guy. The guest today is Thomas, without an H, everything has to be spelled, Shamoro Premusic. Don't ask me to spell that fancy name, okay? Anyway, he's the author of a book called The Talent Delusion. I've got to tell you, it's easy to read. It's jam-packed with in- interesting information. The Kindle version is $11 Canadian, so it's cheaper for you guys in the States. Not only that, if you're too cheap to buy it, go to Fast Company and read his articles. I've got to tell you, they are the best articles about our business that I've ever read. Okay, They're terrific. Okay, you might disagree with me. Everybody always does. Anyway, he's the chief talent scientist of Manpower, the Manpower Group. Uh, he's a business psychology professor at a couple of big universities, and he was the CEO of Hogan Assessment Systems. Anything else that I'm missing, Tom? I, I, I did leave a bunch of all your bragging out of, from your LinkedIn page. Anything else? No, I think I think that's it. And you know, I was too busy dancing to join you in the singing, so yeah, you know, that's okay, why. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Look, i got to ask you one more question. I've seen your pictures, and you've got that squirrel haircut, you know, where it's longer on the top of your head and all gelled up. How do you get away with that in a professional environment? It's a, it's a wig, actually, and I lost uh, all my hair when I was very young. So, you uh, know, okay. that's, oh, yeah, uh, that's, that's nothing a, to joke yeah. about. That's nothing to joke about. Okay, oh, here well, we go. I'm very serious. Yeah, okay. Are we ready? Yeah, first question. Uh, you can make better hires without interviews. That's what you claim. Organizations can make great and better hiring decisions without them. There are better indications, indicators of career potential. Should I read more, or do you want to, you want to run with that? No interviews. No, I... You're better off without interviews. That's what you're saying, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so long as you replace them with tools that actually help you understand whether somebody has potential. Okay, so take the interviews away, particularly the ones that are currently used, which are very unstructured and don't make much sense, and use solid objective tools to identify potential instead. That's the claim. Yeah, what are those tools? How much do they cost? And where do we get them? That's all I want to know. I'm, I'm really excited to find out. Um, you know, I don't want to pimp any particular vendor, but yeah, you, you can pimp find... them. Come on, we got another <laughs> one. We do here. No, I think I think there are there are a number of very simple indicators of whether a tool works or not. Does it predict performance? And you can either believe what certain vendors say in their technical manuals or read independent articles written on these tools. But and loosen up how a much bit, okay? Hey, 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 yeah. hey, loosen up. Here you are telling I, us you're making a big, a big statement tense. that what we do uh, – listen to me. It, we it should interview not be a big every, statement. You, hold on. Yes, it is. We interview people every day. And I, I'll, I can quote all the other nasty statements you made about people in the talent business that they don't know anything, they're ignorant, they're a toxic influence. And here you come on and say, what we do, interviewing is useless, and you refuse to give us a clear answer about the alternatives. I am not kidding. I read your articles. My mouth is dripping. I want to know how I can do a better job. And here you are refusing to point us in the right direction. Oh, they're out there. I can't, how am I going to find them? You know, it's. Uh, I, I'm. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm so nasty. I'm sorry about those statements. And uh, I. I just refuse. Continue to refuse to name specific vendors right now. What I want to say is that it's cheaper for sure than to interview. You can deploy these tools in five or ten minutes. And uh, uh, they will tell you whether somebody is extroverted, whether somebody is smart, whether somebody uh, is curious, or whether somebody ha- is obnoxious better than you can tell from a short interaction during an interview. That's, that's the point. It's not Does controversial, anybody really. It's common sense. Does anybody else want to take them to task? Anybody? Just me? No, I buy it. I buy okay. it. Yeah, I will. 
I want to buy it, but I don't know where. Yeah, so I don't know if I can afford kind of it. Smooth, how much right? do they what cost? Do I, want, I want one. Send it to me. Yeah, how much, okay. how much do they cost? Right Tommy, Tommy, just tell us how much do they cost. Can you give us an idea? Yeah, let, let's say that for 100 bucks per candidate, you can have something that is pretty accurate and more valid than an interview. You know what? That's great. For Jerry, you, you get you get shortlist three candidates, right? And you can yep. pay 300 bucks yourself to get the test done and then make a good consulting recommendation to the client. Does that sound reasonable? Very. Yeah. Not to me. <laughs> it doesn't. Not to you? Why not? Kathy. Well, is there any human contact at all? No How human contact. Work? Let's uh, yeah, we eliminate human contact altogether. Well, I see, like I don't, Thank goodness. I have had a friend who just interviewed for a federal judgeship position and back in D.C., and there is no way they would use that to interview him. Well, you know, um, are you most doing people, it at all levels? At all levels, yes, all at all levels. And any type Look, of I mean, sales, any teams, any whatever. type of position, any type of position, because you know you would have a good sense of. Uh, um, I mean, there's only two questions: what are you looking for, and then uh, does this person have it or not? And the data can answer those questions better than your intuition. This is. Well, how come you don't know the name of the tools that you use? We share that on this show, so that you know we can benefit from your appearance here. Um, because point, that's Kathy. not the point. The 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 point <laughs> that you know I won't be coer coerced into this. The more you insist, the less likely you are to persuade me. First of all. Okay, then um, we don't want to know. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, then I will tell, tell you. Then I will tell you. I will tell oh. you. <laughs> Very nice use of reverse psychology. Look, the point I want to make is simple. There is a simple statistic called correlation that you use to evaluate whether a score on a tool or a rating on an interview predicts future performance. And most recruiters don't bother checking whether their assessments, either intuitive or not, actually predict performance. And it's not their fault. It's just that clients don't ask. And mostly recruiters want to serve a candidate that the clients are happy with, much like when you're renting a house or buying a house. The point is not to sell or rent a good property, but give people what they want. What people want is often not what they need. And I think a good recruiter would go beyond what people want and actually understand what they need and use data to qualify that placement. Okay, yeah, but a house, a, is, sorry, a house yeah. is a material object. You either like it or you don't. And candidates, there's soft skills that you have to assess. No, no, Ka Kathy, so hold on. He exactly. Says, Kathy, let me, let me interject. He says, okay. I want to say something else, though, as well. He says that likability is very important, but you can get that better from the test than you can from someone faking likability in the interview. That's what he said. Exactly. But let me let me go for a second. Let me go. <laughs> well, we can come back to this. But I want you said you said what recruiters do is is uh, they match. What, what they have to do is find out what the candidate needs rather than what they want. How do they do that? So you're telling us to, for the, to find out about the can sorry find out about the I'm getting screwed up. To find out about the candidate, you give them a test. To find out about what the client really needs as opposed to what they think they need, how do you do that? What, yeah, what, same what, thing. What you so you, so you, you start the exercise, ideally, benchmarking high performers within an organization, right? So imagine that you identify a group of people that have performed well on a job or role. And then that helps you understand what key characteristics you should be looking for. People tend to overcomplicate things, and they look for 5, 10, 15 competencies. At the end of the day, you always look for the same characteristics. You want people who are smart who are likable, and who are driven, okay? And those three things, as you just said, can be assessed better with scientifically defensible psychometric tools than during an interview. During an interview, you know, narcissists and psychopaths will tend to impress you, and then when you hire them six months later, you have all these problems that you could have prevented if you give people good screening tools. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, you, all right. Yeah, okay, I Alan, say so, Alan, go ahead. Give Alan a I have a, a question. Go ahead. What, what, were the, what were those three characteristics, driven, likable, and what was the third? Yeah, so you look for people who are smart or able, 
likable or who have people skills, and then driven or motivated. Okay, okay. And I'd like to challenge that, you on that. So, what, so before I ask my question, what what tests do you use that we would be familiar with to gate to determine that? Okay, so let's Wake talk up. about. Don't tell us. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. He better tell no, me because then I'm not impressed. Um, I mean, I'm not yeah. here to impress you, really. But do let's you talk use about. Disc? Do you use Do you use Myers exactly. Briggs? What do you use? Yeah, exactly. So, okay, you know, okay. the problem so, the, the the problem with Myers Briggs, which is the most widely used test, is that it is not a valid predictor of future performance. I, uh, I often suggest to people that they might as well use zodiac signs instead of uh, INTJ <laughs> or the MBTI. Ask people, are okay. you a Libra? <laughs> are you a Scorpio? And it will be more valid. So, okay, hold on. So, hold on. So, the three things you just said, um, smart, uh, likable, and driven, isn't that also the same three skills of a con artist? <laughs> um I mean maybe what what is the definition what is the definition of a con artist uh the president of the United States well you know <laughs> so long as so long as the person continues to deceive you or others during the job to the point that you think they're as impressive as when you chose them, there is no problem. The problem is okay. if they stop or if they fail okay okay, so what you're saying is you're using this as a first line screening tool, quick and dirty that has some validation behind it, but you're also but what you just said is, well, if the person gets through and they are a con artist, but they're a successful employee as a con artist, who cares? Um, yeah, I think there are two issues. First, you know, and let's let's use DISC as an example. You know, there are just two types of tests. Some measure abilities like IQ or cognitive stuff, and then you have thing, tests that are essentially of personality and values. The cognitive ones are objectives, and you have to solve problems under time pressure. The others ask you questions, yes or no, one to five, etc. Most of the self-report type questions uh, can be organized according to five factors, extroversion, neuroticism, openness, Etc. And out of that, you can get drive or motivation and likability or people skills. So if you use any valid personality test and on top of that an IQ, you and the science has said this for 100 years, by the way, you will be able to account for about 60 or 70% of the variability in job performance later on. If you add an interview to that, you don't increase much. Okay, so that's why that's how I qualify the statement. And as for the other issue, what if they're what if I mean I don't know how you would know that they're a con artist unless they screw up. Unless well, no, you no, 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 them. because where I'm coming from is you're you basically gave me your three criteria, and I'll I'll, I'll mm-hmm, give you that. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying it could be a con artist, but then you kind of disc- then you kind of put your disclaimer on there on the end, and what I'm saying is this is a business about people. And if you want to sit there and give a person a test or do whatever, I, I, we use one here called the predictive index. I think it's okay. I think most tests are somewhat not all that great. I think that you need competent interviewers. I think you need a variety of conversational and behavioral-based questions to be asked, situational questions, to go from there. Anyway, I'm sorry. I have my president then, calling. Yeah, i got to jump, folks. Okay. If I can take that, that yeah, answer. Yeah, I mean, because this is not about – this is not a subjective um, uh, issue. This this uh, question or conversation um, shouldn't derive in a subjective kind of uh, answer like, you know, I prefer this color or this artist or this movie to, the, to that one. There are objective parameters to judge accuracy, and nobody has yet provided persuasive evidence that the interview adds something to good test of personality or intelligence. And I think the con artist thing is is irrelevant here. We don't care about whether a candidate is being authentic or is faking it. What we care about is whether they will perform well in the future or not. And they might be a serial killer outside of work and engage in all sorts of behaviors. We care about predicting job performance, and that's our outcome variable or criterion. Okay, but don't hold you on, think I that's got a great. That's great. Wait, can, can I ask you a quick question too? Oh, go ahead, I mean, Rich. That, what you just Rich said sounds great for like an engineering type of role, but for a sales role where it's a real personal role, I'm not so much. 
But also on another no, front. No, 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 I mean, no, 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 I, no, 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 no. I mean, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. It works for all okay. roles. The, the specifications might be different. So, you know, EQ or people skills might be more relevant to a salesperson than an engineer. But you just change the algorithms. You change the scoring key and you change the buckets that you look for. And yet, at the end of the day, you always want people to be able, driven, and have people skills. Maybe of one of these factors matters more for a sales person than an engineer, but you, it, it's, a, it's a fairly standardized so, and homogeneous process. All right. so, so let me answer your question. So I have a client that does what you're just describing, a company called People Answers. Well, now they're part of Infor. But, you know, that's what they do. They would take exactly and leave this out. I don't know if that's one of the companies you looked at during your study or whatever. But they literally would take, you know, interview their entire team, their top performers, build their bucket, say this is what a top performer looks like for our company, et cetera, et cetera. You know, as far as I know, Infor still is a ton of turnover. You know, it, 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 so it's, I think in theory it's a great idea because I don't, I don't necessarily disagree that interviews are not as useful as they need to be or, you, or should be. Just people don't know how to interview is the bigger problem. Uh, I, but, that, on, that, on that point, we agree. You know, you could, yeah. uh, of course, some people, first of all, um, I mean, interviewers are just like uh, um, anything else, you know, musicians, football players, uh, or uh, con artists. Some are better than others. You have a normal distribution. Most people are average. And then you have some that are really good. The trouble is that, um, first of all, that's not scalable. You know, you can't make the majority of people as good as the top 5 or 10% of performers. And secondly, most people don't bother going through the proper training or the proper stages of planning a well-designed, structured interview that actually improves the quality. And by the way, if you do that, then the interview looks a lot like a psychometric <coughs> test because you're standardizing the questions, you're scoring the answers using similar methodologies, and even if it is more effective, it's still going to be more expensive. I, I guess okay. I don't know what but I don't know about the cost, but but like, okay. Let me let me go back to my questions before that, I forget. Okay, but, first of all, I, I want to wind up. Hold on, you, we established that you believe you can test a candidate to find out if uh, he or she is is qualified and, and suitable for the job. But here's the thing: you said you base that on a, a standard by looking at the best uh, performers in the company. But you also also said in your book and in your articles that it's really hard. Companies don't know how to identify yes. their talented yeah. people. So how can we as recruiters, I have a client or someone in a corporation yeah. has a hiring manager, how can we uh, figure out you know, what to measure? Who's the, who's the good person? Where do we get our standards from? Yeah, so luckily, luckily you can uh, kind of uh, leverage all the studies that exist done by all the people who recorded that data. So, you know, there are hundreds of studies, for example, that you can access publicly, published in scientific journals that tell you these are the characteristics of good salespeople. There are hundreds of studies that tell you these are the characteristics of effective leaders. These are the characteristics of effective in engineers. So it only takes a day or two reading the literature and knowing what to ignore and what to pay attention to to um, uh, focus on these generic characteristics of high-performing people in a specific industry. Most people don't like this because it requires work, effort, and time, and also because they overestimate the uniqueness of a role. They think, okay, for this role, you know, this company culture is so different, or there are so many specificities that I have to really talk to experts, benchmark, whatever. No. If you can't benchmark and you don't have that big and objective source of data internally, just look for what has worked in the past elsewhere, and you're more likely to get it right than not. Okay, but if you go to a company that supplies the test, can they supply you with that uh, information generally as well? Yes, exactly. So that's the difference. That's one of the difference between um, a better assessment company and, and some that is, is maybe – either not so good or they just started. In the old days, it would take decades to collect this data. Now, even the new kind of uh, tech startups in the assessment field are able to leverage this, collect this data very, very quickly. But yes, so uh, you can ask them to provide it. And even if they don't provide it, go out there and look for published studies that actually uh, identify or outline the key characteristics of high performers on these different fields. Okay, I'm going to do an ad, but I'm going to leave you with a question. I'm, 
I'm, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to leave you with a question. What, Rich, are you talking to me? Are you talking yeah, yeah. over me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you? I'm talking over you. No, I was just going to say, I mean, that, 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 that's, that's going to vary so greatly from company to company what really works for certain professions. You know, I mean, there's, there's companies like Scoutable who's trying to do this. There's People Answer, Talent Science that does this. Get off that and, speakerphone. Yeah. I can barely hear you. Pick up the receiver. Who? Okay? <laughs> Rich Rosen. Or maybe you're, you're on your cell phone today. I can't hear you. I'm on my cell. Let's want to hear background music. Okay, the, uh, go ahead. Bottom, the bottom line is with, you know, with Talent Science or People Answers, or whatever you want to call them today, I mean, this is what they're doing. But I don't see it. They're not having any great – I don't think they're having that much – success doing quite frankly okay we heard you think we we know what you think and we know whatever everybody's against tommy today i'm the (laughs) only one with him maybe jerry too but hold on i have to do an ad i'm going to leave a question with tom tom said in his book if i understand it correctly you know with regards to these con artists who fake being likable that's fine he says if, if i understand him correctly he says if they're willing to make the effort to pretend that they're nice then they've got at least the smarts to know that you have to be nice on the job. I'm going to come back to that in a second. Tom, hold that in your mind while I do an ad for my friends at PC Recruiter. Hi, everybody. Recruiting Animal here for PC Recruiter. You know, let me ask you a question. How can I improve my ads for PC Recruiter? I'm thinking about that all the time because the thing that impresses me about them is that they are configurable. They are adaptable. So that's what I talk about all the time, and I'm worried that I'm getting boring. But what am I going to do? I'm not a techie. So here's my same message again. If someone wants to help me, please, just speak up. You know, there's all different kinds of recruiting. One recruiter is recruiting salespeople in the travel industry, another's doing contract technical recruiting in the data space. And the difference is night and day. So it's hard to say. Some people think... Which applicant tracking system, which recruiting software is the best, right? It depends on the job, they say. depends on the kind of work they're doing. But that's where PC Recruiter stands apart. PC Recruiter is good for all kinds of recruiting and all sizes of recruiting teams. And you know why? Because it's configurable. Like I said, they don't impose their ideas on you. You get to shape the software to suit the way you work. And if you don't know how to configure it yourself... They have a fabulous support team to help you, okay? Big or small, we help them all. That's the motto I've given them, okay? And I say as well, PC Recruiter loves you. So check them out at PCRecruiter.net. Back to Tom. And that echo, it's not terrible, but uh, I guess we can be thankful for that. Okay, Tommy. Do you want to answer my question? Do you remember what it was? Yes, yes, I do, I do, and I, yeah, I remember it, and I, I, I want fun? to answer it. Are you having fun when you speak at all these places? Are people respectful, or are they honest, like Rich Rosen and and Alan Floor and Kathy? Okay? People, people, you know, people rarely shout of me, which is why I wanted to kind of uh, unleash my inner masochism and be part of this show. But you're treating me too well uh, up until now, so I, you know, I was expecting a little bit more hardship, to be honest. Oh, really? Okay. Well, you have to out there. I'll leave it for them. <laughs> okay. Answer my question. Listen, then. come on, yeah, let's get I'll to answer, the point. I'll answer your question. I mean, uh, authenticity is terribly overrated, particularly in the U.S. We obsess over people are being themselves or not. Are they being honest and genuine? And that's just totally irrelevant. First of all, employers don't care about you know whether people are being honest or not. They care about whether people perform. Okay, who's better, employee who's being themselves but performs badly, or a president who's being themselves but but performs badly, or somebody who is faking it, putting it a fake artificial repertoire, but performing well. Secondly, people lie to themselves all the time. Are you being authentic now? Are you being yourself? Are you being no genuine? No answer. Maybe. No answer. And, and, you, and, and, and your answer is probably part of your own deluded fantasy. Okay. Uh, so the problem is not whether people. The problem is not whether people are faking it or not. The problem is whether the the issue is are they performing well or not. And yes, as I said in the book, if they're faking during the recruitment process during an interview and even on the test, but they keep on faking all their lives during the job and maybe, you know, later on, that's fine. I mean, who am I to say that they're not being authentic? And does that actually matter? I take umbrage with that. I take umbrage with that. I've recruited in the top secret realm. I've 
in, in high-level government positions, and if you're not being honest or there's something in your background, you know, they can. that's going to be used against you. I mean, they're going to think someone can bribe you, and this is the world. Um, oh, but this so is a, this is this this is this this is about you know this is about um, you know the issue here is a different one which is predicting counterproductive behaviors, immoral actions, or um, uh, integrity, integrity problems. No, no, no. If, if, but the but the issue is that's an outcome that has to do with behavior, theft, immorality, bullying, etc. We can model that into the recruitment process and and quantify whether somebody is likely to engage in those behaviors or not. Okay, but that has nothing to do with being yourself, being authentic, or impression management. Impression management is a highly sought-after skill. You want people to be able to manage impressions. At the same time, what we care about is that they perform well. That's, those two things are more important than whether somebody's being authentic or not. Try being authentic during agree. an interview, and you will fail. <laughs> I don't agree. Why does the government, you know, talk to your neighbors to find out about your personality? That happened to my husband. I mean, there are things that the government cares a lot about in these top secret positions. Uh, Kathy, so Kathy, I don't Kathy, he, uh, he supports you. Tommy, board. Tom supports you. Kathy, Tom supports you on that. He said these three, 360 degree feedback processes. He said they're they're terrific. You 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 like them, don't you? Talk to the neighbors is a good idea. As far as you're concerned, Absolutely. am I right, Tom? Absolutely, I, and in fact, I would even say that your neighbors provide me with a clearer and more accurate picture of who you are than yourself. Okay, because we are less able or capable to objectively describe ourselves, our potential, and our performance than other people are. So I'm fine with the neighbors. I think it will be illegal for most jobs to actually do that. And if it's not, you know, the NSA or government jobs, it doesn't happen that often. Uh, but as a methodology, I'm perfectly fine with it. I, I don't know if I completely agree. I see Kathy's point, but coming back to your um, smart driven and likable and let's exclude the let's exclude the top secret government for a minute let's just talk about um investment banking and stock brokerage i could get a con artist there and as long as he's producing and uh, and goldman sachs is making their money what do i care if he's ethical or not and to your point i don't completely disagree that if he can fake it if he or she can fake it for the rest of their lives that's okay okay fine i'll, I'll give you that but here's here's Hold on, let, me, I, let me let me agree with you let me agree with you about something and let me agree with uh, tom tom says that liars are not bad because creative people are liars. That's number one, my point. Number two is, uh, my question is, relates to what Alan just said. Yeah, you fake it in the interview. You fake it on the test. You pretend you're likable. How long can you sustain that? Exactly. I mean, what, exactly. Yeah, what's, exactly. The, yeah, what's the indicator you're going to be likable on the job? I mean, yeah, and so typically, you know, and, and that's a really good question. I mean, there is a short window that we all have, and, you know, that's kind of our bright side, and that's what you see when you're interviewing people. But when you're using good tests, you go beyond that, and you actually um, uh, predict how people behave in the long term, okay, so what their typical dispositions will be. Um, I think, again, you know, I'm not saying we should hire pathological liars and certainly not people who have no integrity. It's very hard to screen for integrity and morals, but it can be done as well. What I'm saying is that authenticity is totally overrated because if you think about a candidate or employee who is brutally honest and has an inability to lie, they wouldn't last a single day in most organizations, including, by the way, companies that preach or practice radical transparency like Bridgewater, Uber, Amazon. Even there, you need to be diplomatic enough and you need to be able to tell people what they want to hear in order to perform your job well and be uh, promoted, if that's your aspiration. Okay, I gotta, I gotta do another. I got. Uh, hold on, Alan. I gotta do another ad. I'm gonna put a question out there. I'll let you talk before we get back to it. But, but this is important before the show's over. Tom also says that without tools, we can do a better job than we do if we're trained. He, he said there's four key traits that you can be trained to look for, uh, and that will improve our, our interviewing ability. Uh, I'm right about that, aren't I, Tom? 
So I want you to address that question I, before this. <laughs> I don't I remember. I don't, I don't remember everything I said, but uh, I trust okay. that I said it. <laughs> okay. Well, let me get to, let me do an ad for Hire Tool, and we'll come back to the Alan's uh, question or statement and uh, my question. Okay. Hire Tool, everybody. H I R E T U A L. They're the super duper sourcing tool. They're so good, and everybody says they're so good. I, I just keep wondering why they pay me to do these ads, right? I mean, they don't need me. Everybody on Facebook is shouting it from the rooftops. Every respectable sourcer says Hire Tool is great. It, first of all, it does uh, a good job giving you contact information, uh, secret email addresses, and personal phone numbers. But <coughs> what you do is you go to the site, HireTool.com. You put in your uh, search information in normal language. It writes this Boolean string for you. You don't have to be a genius or a techie. Then it searches a whole bunch of websites, Facebook, LinkedIn, GitHub, etc. Gives you a list of candidates ranked from top to bottom. Guesses what their salaries are. Guesses who's best, uh, who's ready to leave, actually. Uh, who's most likely to be ready to leave. And it sends you on your way. So go check them out. You can uh, try the Chrome extension for free for a while. H I R E T U A L dot com. Hire tool. Hire tool. Hire tool. That's how they say it, like a sneeze. Hire tool. But they don't spell it that way. Alan, back to you. So Tom. So Tomas, two things. Number one, sounds to sounds to me. I'm going to go with Rich Rosen here on the sales side. Is you're you're saying your tool can predict success in sales. I don't completely agree with that because you have so many different facets of sales. Small companies, large companies, product salespeople are much different than service salespeople. So I think your tool might be able to get them partway there. And the other thing, I'm, I'm making, correct me here, but it sounds to me as though you're preaching the tools and the data and, and the evaluation, but then you, ha- you kind of have this default get out of the argument when you come back to, well, yeah, but then, then it depends on the person, or then it depends on a person. This is a person-driven industry. The, the decisions are made by people. The candidates are people. And if you're talking about the transparency companies, and I agree with you, again, the problem with that argument is you're coming back to people. And you can't – you need to if, – if you had a perfect tool, you could evaluate the 15-year people at Nestle or Uber. that They're never going to change, and they're going to make poor hiring decisions. And one last thing really quick. Could you please provide Animal the URLs for the websites or the studies that you're talking about? Because I'd like him to push it out to the group because I'd be interested to see them. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, again, this is this isn't a matter of uh, of preference. Uh, I, I like Madonna, you like Bruce Princing, or you know, th- this burger is better than this one. We're mm-hmm. talking about if you accept that the statistics that are used to evaluate accuracy uh, are always the same. We basically look for correlations, whether they're regressions. Machine learning is just an augmented version of that. Yeah. Then you can compare how well different methods and tools predict outcomes. So that, so when you're saying, I don't agree that uh, you can give somebody a tool and predict their sales performance, it's a very controversial statement. You are, you are in effect denying 100 years of scientific evidence that shows that you can correlate how people answer certain questions and how they uh, respond to um, you know, different uh, parts of uh, tests or assessments and their future performance. And of but, course, this is okay. not this is not rocket science. It's not going to be perfect, but no area or aspect of human behavior can be predicted perfectly. What what we know is that that is a better methodology and a more accurate methodology than other methods such as interviews. And when you say these are people at the end of the day, I mean that's just I don't even know what that statement means. I'll, I'll tell yes, you exactly there, what there it are means. there are people, but you know, people do certain things. People behave in pretty consistent ways. Recruitment is based on this idea. Some people have more potential than others. So if you're rejecting tools, then show me how your method no, no, no. or your intuition is superior. You're no, trying to do exactly this. the same thing. Let's be clear about this. I'm not discounting all the tools. I discount when somebody says that an AI tool, a machine learning tool, a data set or whatever is the end-all, be-all, cure-all. I think it is one tool to use in the evaluation process, and the various tools are, need to be matched up to the right usage. We use, as I said, we use the predictive index. I can show you three high performers in my company where their predictive index results are completely different. 
pause for a second. Pause for a second. Pause for a second. That that is going to happen. There are always going to be false positives and false negatives. Okay, but what predictive index will tell you if presumably you read their documentation and what you can do and what you should, by the way, be demanding of any method is what is the overall accuracy because then you can de quantify the risk how many people are going to be mistakes how many people are going to be false positives or false negatives and by the way any tool or methodology you use will be wrong individually but on aggregate you can say it will work more often than not or it will work more often than these alternatives it's all about probability i mean you you don't believe in this what if you don't believe in exactly? probability what percentage well how, how often is it right Did did you say 60 or 70 percent of the time? Is that is that your uh, statement about Look, that? So, so, the, so, so, the, so, you know, the 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 best scientific reviews of all the tools, which I will share, um, you know, with the URL later, basically conclude that if you have a person for a couple of hours and you give them the right combination of tests, and that's going to be some ability and some personality tests you will be able to get correlations of 0.6 with performance. Now, what does it mean? I mean, it, it means that of all the things that determine whether a candidate performs well or not, there's about 30 or 35% that you can predict with this tool. So what about the rest? Well, the rest, you know, the rest is the, the shit. I mean, shit happens. And things are out of control, and sometimes there's eventuality, and sometimes there's luck, and sometimes there's the unpredictability of things. But at the I don't same time, let me ask you a question. No, no, let me know, ask you a At the same time, we, so we have to continue figuring out how to account for those things, and people are not squirrel or fish. There's always an element of unpredictability out then, there. How come the tech companies like Google, you mentioned Amazon, uh, Facebook, these are companies that are oriented towards tech. How come they don't just uh, hire people on that basis? Since you think maybe they would be most uh, uh, open the, to you that. You know, the, kind of I, I I don't know. I have my I you know I have my interpretation of things. I think in general, um, engineers uh, don't believe that you can be as rigorous and data driven when it comes to thinking about people than when it comes to thinking about uh, code or um, you know hard problems. So, and then, you know, these companies have very consultative, democratic, uh, consensus-driven cultures where it's not uncommon to put people through 12 rounds of interviews, uh, but that has to do more with, uh, let's say, diffusing accountability and saying, okay, my boss liked them too, so let's go for them. But, uh, you know, at the same time, the reality is that if you're only hiring people or mostly hiring people for engineering roles, and they have to work on very hard uh, skill type problems. And you can afford to hire people who have PhDs from MIT, Stanford, or Harvard, uh, and you get a million applicants a year, you can almost uh, flip a coin and make good selection. You know, it's yeah. not well, that difficult yeah. at that level. Well, wait a second. You just said these are engineers. They have the same attitude as Alan, where I'm saying engineers would actually be more inclined to think that you could uh, automate something. That's, that's the, my, that's my intuitive yeah, feeling know. about that. I think, yeah, that, that would be logical, but it doesn't happen. And I think because mm -hmm. engineers uh, um, you know, um, are less likely to think that you can apply the same rigorous algorithmic engineering-like mindset to people problems. Uh -huh. They think that okay. when it comes to people, it's just, you know, we can play by ear. Wow, more uh, 12 interviews. They think that, okay, I've got to do my final ad. Otherwise, Jerry and I won't have oh, coffee for this month. Okay, just one more. Hey, everybody, hone it, H-O-N-E-I-T. -E -H -E you know what it is? Phone interview technology, and here's how it works. The candidate and recruiter dial into the interview just like they would make an ordinary phone call. Here's the only thing. It's recorded, so you have an audio recording, hopefully better than this one, and it's automated. Uh, it's automatically that recording is turned into a transcript, so you can also read it. You can search it for keywords. You don't have to worry about taking notes. You don't have to worry about forgetting some detail or not hearing something. That's what they keep telling me. That's the great thing. It takes away all your worries. It makes it easy to share information with a bunch of people who don't have to interview the guy 12 times. You do it once and pass the interview around, right? 
And if you have a question you know is really important, just before you ask it, you press a button. When you're finished talking about that topic, you press another button, you've got a clip. So then you can send these keys, the key money issues around to anybody else on the hiring team. Okay? And uh, you know what? If you go to the site and ask for a demo and tell them you heard about it here, they'll give you two weeks for free to check it out at Honeit. H-O-N-E-I-T dot com. Uh, uh, Tom, we're almost done. I mean, the time's going so fast. What about my question? Uh, let me quote quote what you said. Um, uh, besides the, the uh, you know, I didn't get to read all the insults about uh, the you know people in the talent business are ignorant and and stuff stuff like that. But here's what you say. Um, oh, hold on a sec. Uh, well, while, while you think, can I just make a comment that I can see that you're being sponsored by mostly tech recruitment tools, um, which, uh, in <laughs> essence, are providing the services that you are disbelieving. So you're either total hypocrites or you should adjust or you're going to run out of sponsors very soon. I'm a believer. Okay? I because... told you I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Yeah, yeah, Here's yeah. what you said. And, uh, Here's but, you what know, you but, said. This, but hopefully, hopefully in a few years we'll be in a position where if you are a human recruiter or a human interviewer, you will have to demonstrate that you can outperform AI and all these algorithms which are you know, the new version or new generation of assessment tools uh, yeah, we'll to justify all be gone. your services. In your world, we're going to disappear. That's what I, I gather from what you just said. No, 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 no let me, yeah. I've got to ask this question. He says, I'll give you time. He said, uh, Tom wrote, he said, with the right instructions and a little practice, most people are good at assessing these traits, these key traits, the key four traits in other people, even after short interactions. It kind of, you know, uh, relates to negatively yes. to what he said before about the test. But here's the traits. General intelligence, high uh, high curiosity, high emotional intelligence, and high ambition. So intelligence, uh, emotional intelligence, curiosity, and ambition. Those are the things we're looking for. And he says that we could be trained with just a little practice to do a fairly yep. good job of identifying those things. Tom, can you tell me how I want that yeah, practice? Well, I want yeah, it. I mean, for, you know, <laughs> the, the key is to understand that we would, uh, to make it work, you don't train single individuals, but you train a bunch of people, and it can just be four or five people, and you crowdsource their views of others. So imagine that you wanted to consider or vet a candidate for a job, and we don't even uh, have the ability to interview them, but we can watch YouTube clips or anything that is available out there, okay? If you have just one person, AI today or algorithms will not tell you, um, give you the accurate information that you need. It will be more accurate to train four or five people and say, look, this is what curiosity means and this is how you observe it in others. Are people using complex words? Are they asking difficult questions? Do they, uh, is their body language like this or like that? And then once you have the training to identify those signals, you watch everything there is online and you do that for intelligence, you do it for EQ, etc. And you can do it, by the way, also for dark side traits. For example, if somebody talks about themselves a lot, they're more likely to be a narcissist. If somebody uh, uses certain words as well, you know, they're more likely to be reckless or psychopathic. So that's what I meant. And peer ratings in general are very underutilized in the recruitment process. Yo. Okay. Uh, so hold on, Alan. I just does that. Are you telling me that I can't get the training? I want to be one of these people who can identify after a bit of training those key four traits. You're saying now. I, I don't. You're saying I can't get. There's nowhere I can go to get that. I want to know how I can get all these great things. Yeah, I don't think I I don't know of anybody uh that uh, provides that service, but I think they should and I think in a way it's an interesting twist from instead of training algorithms AI and machine learning and feeding them these algorithmic models if somebody does this it means that we can do it with humans. I mean, and then you crowdsource it. That's the whole idea behind, you know, Amazon's Mechanical Turk for the tasks that are 
not uh, efficient or not accurate enough for machines, you train people to do it. I mean, e social media in a way works like that, right? You send a post or tweet something, and if you get a lot of people liking it, it means it's probably interesting, and if they ignore it, it's probably not. Didn't, didn't you say in the book can be that, you, that you believe you can uh, assess somebody just by their social media imprint? Well, again, you know, it's not what I believe, but there's about 50 studies that show that you can translate, for example, Facebook likes or um, uh, other social media activity into these basic traits of potential, ability, likability, and drive. Um, I do not agree. Well, I mean, you, you know, it's, again, it's not a matter of opinion. If When you say, I do not agree, uh, do you no, mean no, no. that and the data are to... fake? Do you mean that the science is you're... irrelevant? No, no. What and, do you and mean? And no, no. And, and by the way, don't talk down to me. Number one. Okay, I just, <laughs> no, no. I, I, I'm I not, said it. No, no, no. You, you got a I'm PhD. I'm not talking down. You... I am shocked. I am shocked. No, you can be shocked. Uh, look, I love data. I'm a raw data junkie, Tomas. I really am. But please... You know, and I'm just going to throw this in because you wanted to, you wanted a little bit more given. You wanted a little more rough and tumble. PhD yeah, stands what do for you mean when you say you don't agree? What do you mean? <laughs> it's not about that you. God exists or that Jesus exists. I needed to exists. stop you. What do you mean? How did people publish these studies? Hold on. What, are, Hold on. are they alive? Hold on. Are they irrelevant? Is the methodology wrong? That's right. Go to a false. Go to a false argument here. Talk about God. We can talk about that over wine. Anyway, here's the point. I think that on aggregate. And by the way, God's a, God's a man, and I can prove it. Anyway, the, um, the, the, on the aggregate, I love data, and I do like the direction that some things can, pro, that can, can project. But I'll tell you, Facebook thinks that I'm a 24-year-old African-American. Okay? Now, point being is, here is, that, is, is, that, is that not the case? Is that not the case? Nope. Um, now, I don't know. You know, if Facebook, if Facebook thinks that, there might be something there that you haven't quite uh, worked out about no, no, your no. identity. Well, either way. But, you know, this scares me. It's all about Big Brother, and I, right. I really can't stand that. I'm sorry. So, my, so one other question, though, that you brought up that I find interesting. So I want your opinion on this, Tomas. So if a company is hiring on this, quote-unquote, perfect results model, mm. would you agree or disagree with the following? If we hire everybody to this, we're going to be a great company. And my argument would be, if you hire that, you're going to have a homogeneous group of people that are all thinking in the same direction. And when are you going to be able to find the Picasso or the Rembrandt? You're not. You know what? I mean, you know, says, it, let it, me hold on. Let no. me just get in there. He says it, it's he like says uh, you're, you're throwing so many different things at the same time. Yeah, oh, you're, okay. you're throwing so you many different it. things at the same time. Uh, I won't, I, uh, you know, I, I won't go into the Big Brother comment because that is unrelated to whether you can tell something about someone through social media or not. I mean, what you mean is, it, it, you know, we're not discussing the implications of a surveillance society. That's a completely different issue. But uh, as for the point whether you end up with all clones and everybody's the same, etc. No, just like you don't know, you don't, you wouldn't want to do it using other methodologies because you don't just hire with an individual individual profile uh, or target in mind, you want to take into account things like team composition or group or unit composition, okay? And by the way, there are different, there are different profiles for high-performing people. They wouldn't all look the same. Okay, so uh, but oh. to do that, to answer okay. that, you need proper assessment. You need to understand whether somebody is A, B, or C, and then you just, uh, uh, you know, you take the team composition in mind. Okay, well, let me give you Hold a real on. life let me, example. Let me, wait a sec. I've got I to get back in here. First of all, in, in your book and your articles, you say that the, the characteristics of successful people are the same across all industries and professions, which you just said is not that you just contradicted that. Uh, I, I can't believe it. No, no, no. Said, yeah. no, me, no, 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 no. I'll throw a few things up. I wanted to get – I don't think we'll get to it. I wanted to get to – diversity, how do you identify uh, cognitive diversity, and how do you build teams based on cognitive diversity? Maybe you'll have to come back if you want to talk about that. Okay, now you can answer this question. Final thing, wait a second, I'm just throwing these points out that I found interesting. You said in uh, your articles or book that having an interview it leads uh, uh, more. It's more likely to lead to what Alan was saying that you hire the same kind of people because people hire people like themselves rather than 
people who aren't. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so, so people in interview in interviews, people are more likely to kind of hire people like them. It's like a socially acceptable way to be, um, you know, narcissistic in a way. And by the way, when people use the term culture fit, how is that different from uh, uh, being biased? You know, oh, they, you know, I think they're a great fit for this company. Do you mean they are like you and therefore you're eliminating diverse or people who are different? Um, on the first point, what I said in the book is that there are some universal buckets or qualities of talent, of potential, of employability, and they are ability, likability, and drive. Now, there are many different ways of being a generic one is higher intelligence, but then there's the expertise you have. Then there are the specific skills you have. Then you can be more or less curious. There are many different ways of being likable. Some people are charismatic. Others are diplomatic. Some are very agreeable. Others are extroverted. And even if you accept that these generic qualities exist, they might make up 70 or 80 percent of what we mean by talent or potential, meaning there is room for specificity, maybe 20 percent, that involves matching people to a specific culture, to a specific role, or even to a specific manager or boss. So we need to think about talent on these two levels, the generic one, which is typically underestimated, and there's, and there's the specific one, which is harder to identify or decode, but you can do it with the same method. Okay, so what Alan said that there's a danger of uh, too homog- uh, you know, homogenized a uh, uh, profile. That's you're saying that's not valid. Is that right? I'd say you know first first of all, it will be a nice problem to have. Oh, we ended up with so many people who are able, smart, and driven. Oh, everybody's the same. No, no, we no, have no, no, no diversity. No, no, no. If you get what? if you get to that point, you're gonna already have outperformed your competitors but, because but. the alternative is what we have now, which is we have people who are disengaged, not very smart, not very driven, and not very likable. Well, but see, my point is you have to have, and again, we're coming back to a people problem in companies where you have if you have all Bill Gates. Or all Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, you'll have you may have a great company, but over time, human human attributes will kick in, and they'll get t- a certain high amount will get tired. They're putting out a homo- homogeneous project. You don't have a, di- a disproportionate, very very amount of thoughts and suggestions because they're all the same. Okay, and, so the, the last but issue, I don't cognitive diversity. How do we identify cognitive diversity? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to define it exactly or what do you mean i mean um uh, i i mean i think that uh, it's not so much about people with different levels of intelligence because people work better together if they're on the same or similar level okay but it's more about values interests and technical expertise and that's where you can have good synergies so imagine four or five people that are working together on a task force or on a team it will be problematic if they all came from the same school the same background have the same interests, values um, and uh, that's where I would look for variety so you can get people with similar levels of intelligence but different personalities different interests uh, different backgrounds, and maybe you have somebody who's strategic, somebody who's tactical, somebody who likes attention to detail, somebody who is a big-picture thinker. That's what I would say is the right mix and where you can have synergies. Now, diversity is always harder to manage than a homogeneous workforce, which is why uh, companies struggle with it. It's not so much that it's difficult to attract them, but then it's harder to make diverse teams work together as a cohesive unit. I, I, how, what data do you have to back that up? I, I, that Again, guys, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, why don't I share all the studies in support of everything I say, and then you can get back to me or uh, tell me if I'm making stuff up or not. I mean, there, for everything I say, there is at least 20 or 30 scientific studies that are published out there. It's just the same one. I mean, what, what that what study shows is that diverse teams don't work well together. No, no, I didn't say that. I said that it is more challenging for people to manage deep diversity. If you go to HBR and look one of my articles that says, does diversity increase creativity? You will have five or six scientific journal articles that are linked 
to every point I'm making, which is what I'm saying now, and you can read the journal articles or see what the evidence is. There's no point in me now saying it's Smith and Jones 1998 Journal of uh, you know Applied Psychology. Be careful, by the way, when you read studies by McKinsey, Deloitte, and others saying uh, the most successful companies in the world are more are more diverse because they don't have good data on this. They confound causalities. I, I worked for Deloitte, and I thought they had a stellar recruitment process. So. The recruitment, process is, the recruitment process is irrelevant here. We're talking about their claims as to what impact business can, businesses can expect if they have a more diverse workforce. It's more challenging than people say. Tomas, I have a question about you mentioned McKinsey. Here's a question for you. So let's say McKinsey, which they used to do, they used to say outsourcing and offshoring is all the rage. You've got to do it. It's the best decision, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But what, what somebody else brought up one time is, hey, McKinsey – the reason McKinsey's doing that is because they're making most of their revenue from outsourcing consulting jobs. So they have a selfish internal reason for promoting that business result, be it right or wrong, for their clients. Um, is that a statement or a question? I mean, do you agree that you, I, you I, can I have think all it's the, the most. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, uh, I think it's the most rational thing you said in the last hour. <laughs> okay, I gotta I gotta sign off. I wanna. It's gonna take me half an hour just to spell uh, Thomas's name for you. If you're interested, T O M A S. That's his first name. His last name is a double name. Shamoro. C H A M O R R O dash pre music. P R E M U Z. I see. Z is Z in, in Canada, okay? Thomas Shamoro, pre-music. I read his book, The Talent Illusion. It's jam-packed with interesting stuff, like he's talked about today. I was surprised. He's a very good speaker as well. But you can also check him out. on. He's got lots of articles on Fast Company. They're really interesting to read. I was very impressed. I don't usually uh, think so when I'm reading. Thomas, any final words? Um, thank you, guys. It's been uh, it's been very thought-provoking and almost interesting and worth my time. Yeah, you'll go away and say, "Geez, those recruiters are dumb." Anyway, thank you. Is that you? You're still there? No. Goodbye, everybody. I thought it was a great show.